the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. All right, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. A little bit of chaos on a Wednesday, never bad for anybody. Overcoming chaos leads to outstanding improvement. That's the way I look at it. Welcome, Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager. I am live in the ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420. The answer here in Cleveland, Ohio, very windy Cleveland, Ohio. Not as windy as it is uh, in Alabama and some of the uh, southeast tornadoes overnight and into this morning. So to all listeners in that area or who have family members in that area, obviously prayers and best wishes to everybody. I saw this morning two people were killed in a twister in Alabama and uh, a lot more weather. So uh, kind of uh, kind of some severe, weird second season of violent weather stuff. You know, tornado season usually coming in from spring uh, winter into spring uh, leads to some of that. Uh, there's, uh, you know, temperatures and uh, different things clashing, but it also happens when you go from fall to winter, too. So we're dealing with some of that now. So to all of those dealing with tough weather, uh, our thoughts are with you. To everybody else, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Our country's under attack, friends. Our country is under attack, honestly, seriously, literally unlike it has ever been under attack before. Now, we've been under physical attack. We have been hit by terrorism. We were hit on 9-11. We were hit, of course, in December of 1941 by Japan. I mean, we have been attacked in some ways before, never the way we are being being attacked right now, because this attack is coming from within. It's coming from us. It's coming from, quite literally, you, me, because we vote for our representation. We vote for the senators. We vote for the representatives in the House. We vote for the president. And our core foundational principles in the United States of America are being torn apart right now before our very eyes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about at this particular moment, then you apparently did not hear about the uh, Respect for Marriage Act. The Respect for Marriage Act is like so many others. It's kind of like the you know Inflation Reduction Act. It's completely misnamed. It's completely inaccurate. It's completely untrue. But that doesn't matter. They wanted who could possibly oppose inflation reduction? Of course, we want inflation reduction. We want the the, the rate of inflation to go down. Of course. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, who could who could oppose that? That's why they name these things the way they do. And in the Respect for Marriage Act, well, goodness gracious. How is that a bad thing? How can we possibly not respect marriage? Of course I'm for the Respect for Marriage Act. They they put these labels on them, they put these titles on them, and then they just uh, assume that people are too stupid to look at what is in them. And the reality is they're right. Friends, the reality is they're right. Many Americans, millions of Americans, are too stupid to look into what is going on, what Congress is passing, what it means 
to the Constitution, to your rights, as granted to you by our founding fathers. Actually, as granted to us by God. Our rights come from God, but they were, they were codified, they were noted, they were written. They were, they were um, documented by our founding fathers. And the Respect for Marriage Act, absolutely inappropriately and inaccurately named, um, is, is going to tear apart the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, quite literally, on two of the five provisions, protections, in the First Amendment. What are the protections of the First Amendment? The very first one, of course, is freedom of religion. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, nor prohibit the free exercise thereof. It's the first protection in the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights which leads the Constitution. It protects our freedom of religion. It protects our freedom of speech. It protects our freedom of the press. It protects our right to petition the government for the redress of grievances. It protects our right to assemble in whatever capacity we need to, presumably peacefully, five provisions, and at least two of them are completely torn asunder by the passage of the inappropriately named Respect for Marriage Act. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, let's talk about what the act does. First of all, let's talk actually about this bill that passed through the Senate yesterday. Uh, Very, very quickly, all 12 of the Republicans who supported it uh, originally, joining all 50 of the Democrats, all 12 of the Republicans uh, voted to get it out of cloture and to approve it for a vote, and that is exactly what they did. The vote was supposed to be tomorrow, but they couldn't even wait. They uh, They wanted to do it last night, so they did it yesterday. It's already been passed by the House in one form, and now this is a Senate version, so it's got to go back over there, and if there are any I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed, they'll do it. And this will go to Biden for signature. Let's talk about what is one of the most important things here, and that is what does the Respect for Marriage Act do to gay marriage or same-sex marriage that the Supreme Court did not do in 2015 when Obergefell the Obergefell decision came down, which legalized same-sex marriage. What does it do? The answer? Nothing. The answer is it does absolutely nothing. Same-sex marriage wasn't going anywhere if this bill didn't pass. Same-sex marriage was still the law of the land by way of uh, the, the uh, Supreme Court. This didn't need to happen. So what's the purpose of the bill? It's not about protecting gay marriage. And by the way, let me also throw in the other obvious. This is the kind of the elephant in the room. Just another example of the chicanery and the, you know, just the, the evil nature, honestly, of the left when they try to do these things. They included interracial marriage in the bill. They said this protects same-sex marriage and interracial marriage. As if interracial marriage was under any threat whatsoever in any state or by the federal government. Interracial marriage has absolutely nothing to do with this. But what does it do? If you put the Respect for Marriage Act together and you just say same-sex marriage, it might get one response. But when you put in interracial marriage, that terrifies anybody um, who might want to oppose it because then they're going to be called racists. What? You don't think a black and a white should be able to be married? You don't think different ethnicities and marriages should mix? That's so, you know... uh, 
pre-civil rights, KKK type, you know, Klan type thinking. This is what they try to do. They try to shame people by adding language that has nothing to do with the bill, and they throw it in there. But that's an aside. That's a sidebar. The reality that we need to face is this bill wasn't necessary to protect same-sex marriage. This bill was necessary to weaken the Constitution, to weaken the Bill of Rights, to weaken the First Amendment, to weaken religious liberty. That's just the flat fact of the matter. The goal here is to make sure that no one has the religious liberty or freedom of speech by way of conscience to say they won't acknowledge and or participate in these same-sex unions. That's the ultimate goal of this. And, and 12 Republicans sold out their souls, sold out their belief in the Constitution, and quite frankly, abrogated their oath to uphold and protect and serve the Constitution by, by supporting a bill that takes away two of the five provisions in the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights, religion and speech. How do they do that? Here's how, it, here's how they do that. By not providing protections for people who don't want, like, for example, Jack Phillips, the owner of the Masterpiece Cake Shop, who has spent more than a decade of his career and his life fighting scurrilous accusations and civil actions against him for refusing to bake cakes for gay weddings because it's against his faith. Never mind that he got a modest victory at the Supreme Court. They keep coming at him with different directions. Okay, now we want you to make a transitioning cake. We're having a party. My eight-year-old Johnny is about to become Janie, and I want you to make a cake celebrating that transition. Well, no, I don't believe that. I believe God made uh, man in his image. God made man and woman. They are very easily uh, identifiable. They are very easily uh, recognized by science and everything else. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, here comes the next lawsuit. What this does is it makes all of us Jack Phillips. All of us. If you can provide a service that might be of use at a quote-unquote same-sex wedding, your photography skills, your DJing skills, your floral arrangement skills, your hosting of a venue, if you have the ability to provide these services and you choose not to do so, civil action and maybe even criminal action can be taken against you. The Constitution is being shredded before our eyes. My friends, we have a lot more on this. Stay right here. I'm Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager on the Salem Radio Network. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices.
Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. They should carve out... Prager U lessons, kind of like with the daily school announcements. Do they still even do school announcements anymore? I think most schools have like some kind of, you know, used to be the PA system. There's usually some kind of video system now in every classroom, and you get kids up there doing the daily school announcements. They ought to throw in a Prager U video every day. You want to stop the indoctrination? You want to stop the, the wokeism? Because that's what the beauty of PragerU is. The PragerU videos, and I don't, I don't need to tell this audience that, you know, but just work with me here. Their, their, their value is in their ability to cross over all ages. The animation makes it attractive to kids. The simplistic explanations make it very clear for kids, yet it's compelling enough for adults who did not know that about this, that, or the other thing. That's the beauty of Prager University videos, and they ought to be in every school. Never going to happen, but it's just a thought. Uh, Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager in the ReliefFactor.com studios here of AM 1420, The Answer in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll be opening up the phone lines shortly. Um, But before we do that, I do have a little bit more information to give you. So this passage yesterday in the Senate of the um, Respect for Marriage Act, which, again, is just completely duplicitously and deceptively named. It does not respect marriage and, in fact, trashes marriage, along with trashing, and most importantly, the Constitution. That's what it trashes, the Constitution and the First Amendment. I want to give you some of the language from the Alliance Defending Freedom in response to this passage yesterday. Uh, Ryan Bangert is the Senior Vice President of Strategic Initiatives. Speaking of the Respect for Marriage Act, uh, this is what he said. This dangerously cynical and completely unnecessary bill is a direct attack on the First Amendment. It does nothing to change the legal status of same-sex marriage anywhere. That's exactly what I said. But it undermines religious freedom everywhere and exposes Americans throughout the country to predatory lawsuits by activists seeking to use the threat of litigation to silence debate and exclude people of faith from the public square. Today, the Senate has chosen to disregard legitimate concerns about the undeniable harms of this bill. If the Senate truly cared about protecting religious freedom, it would have included comprehensive amendments proposed by Senators Lee, Rubio, and Lankford. And by the way, just FYI, as an aside, that's what they took up yesterday was the amendments. You were, they, nobody was trying to undo same-sex marriage protections. No one. The amendments were solely to protect people from being railroaded into civil suits or even criminal suits or criminal prosecution for not participating in something they may have a religious or a uh, conscience objection of. Um, It goes back to uh, the uh, release from the ADF says, ADF remains committed to ensuring the First Amendment protects the rights of all Americans and to defending those who will be likely targeted because of this legislation. Now, I want to... I want to layer on top of that because of a very important part that is not being addressed. And I've talked to a lot of people. We're going to talk to Patrick Wood 
the executive director at the top of the third hour today about this. He's the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech. It's an organization I work with, too, to defend the First Amendment. And it's important to note that everybody who is condemning and complaining about the passage of this bill, including yours truly, um, others are just looking at it as an attack on religious liberty. It is not just an attack on religious liberty. It is an attack, but not just. It is also an attack on the freedom of speech. The nature of the freedom of speech provision, protection in the First Amendment, does not require to be layered on another protection or provision. In other words, you don't just have free speech if it is guided by your faith. It doesn't have to be a religious um, consideration. So in other words, Jack Phillips argued that he didn't have to make the same-sex wedding cake that led to the last 10 years of his career and his life being turned upside down, his finances completely destroyed, Jack Phillips, um, you know, argued that his faith prohibits him from participating in, contributing to, um, something that they're calling marriage, but that is not marriage according to his faith. He believes in what Democrats and Republicans alike believed in as recently as 1996 when DOMA was passed, the Defense of Marriage Act, which declared, signed into law by Bill Clinton, supported by senators like Joe Biden. On the right and the left, everybody said, well, of course marriage is one man and one woman. I mean, does, is that a point of contention? Well, if it is, fine. Pass a pass a you know a, a piece of legislation that declares, of course it is. That's the only way it can be. It's the only way it should be. Why? It's the only way it has ever been. In, in, in Western civilization, literally from the very beginning, the union of one man and one woman, their procreation, creating children, raising them under their same roof with the same values, then sending them off into the world to do the same and replicate the process, that nuclear family is the building block of our entire civilization. It is the building block of a community. It's a building block of a society. It's a building block of a nation. It's a building block of a civilization. And so they say, oh, well, of course, who would ever disagree with that? Well, 25 years later, the answer is the American left. They'll disagree with that. No, it's not one man and one woman. It can be it can be two men. It can be two women, and who knows? If we're changing DOMA and getting away from one man and one woman, who's to say that only man and woman are the only words in that that can change? What about the ones? What if two men and one woman all declare they're in equal triumvirate love with one another, and they want to marry one another? You get rid of DOMA, that's exactly what can happen. What if there's a group? What if two guys, two girls, two men and two women, what if they're all equally in love with one another and they want to have a four-way marriage? Who says they can't when you get rid of marriage as it has been known and constructed throughout human, Western, at least Western civilization history, then everything is fair game. There is no... There is no um, slope down we which which we, we will not slide. It is that it is that dangerous. But back to the point about the freedom of speech. Jack Phillips didn't need to use his religion to say I don't want to make this cake. He shouldn't have to. 
nor should you, nor should I. If I'm a photographer and somebody says, hey, I want to hire you to shoot my wedding, I'm Steve and that's Joe and we're having a wedding, and I could say, not my thing, man. I have the right to say, not my thing, man. Fire, find somebody else without being sued. But under this law, now that it's being passed, I can be sued. I would be forced to use my time and talent to say something by way of my work that I don't want to say. That is a violation of my free speech. My free speech means I can say whatever I want, and I cannot be forced to say something I don't want. That's what is also in play here. Much more to come. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager. Thanks for being here on the Salem Radio Network. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. This set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. All right, we do continue now. Uh, 34 minutes past the hour. Bob Brand sitting in for Dennis here in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I want to trash my senator for a moment because he deserves it. Rob Portman is everything that's wrong with his bill. Rob Portman is everything that's wrong with the attack on the First Amendment. Rob Portman is everything that's wrong with the United States Senate as a whole, I think. Anybody who makes a pledge and a promise to constituents in return for their votes, anybody who says he believes in traditional marriage between one man and one woman, anybody who says, I will govern and I will make votes in the United States Senate along those beliefs, who then turns around and flips it upside down, 180 degrees because his kid tells him he's gay, is someone that has no business being in government. Thankfully, Rob Portman is on his way out of government. He chose not to run for re-election. J.D. Vance is going to be our next senator in his seat, and I look forward to much, much better from J.D. Vance than I got from Rob Portman. Rob Portman proved to be selfish. He put his family's concern above that of the Constitution. And while I understand that as a father, I do. He didn't take an oath to his son. He took an oath to uphold the Constitution. And the Constitution includes the Bill of Rights. It includes the First Amendment that are going to be shredded As I said in my earlier program this morning, what he and the other 11 Republican turncoats did is they took the Bill of Rights, they took the Constitution on its beautiful sacred parchment and put it through a paper shredder, then put that paper shredder through a bigger paper shredder, then set that paper shredder on fire. It's never coming back. Do you understand that? That's what this bill does. Portman issued a statement today that read in part... The Supreme Court acknowledged same-sex marriage as a constitutional right in 2015, and current state law, or current law allows states and the federal government to refuse to recognize valid same-sex marriages. No, it doesn't. 
No states have challenged any same-sex marriage since 2015 when the Supreme Court made that ruling. This is completely unnecessary, and he knows it. He went on to say the Respect for Marriage Act, which has already passed the House with bipartisan support, simply guarantees that a valid same-sex marriage from one state will be recognized by the federal government and other states. It ensures that valid marriages between two individuals, and by the way, it does not. It does not, because it doesn't say one and one. It doesn't say two individuals. It just says in the Respect for Marriage Act, same-sex marriage and interracial marriage. And again, they threw the interracial part in there just to be able to call people racist if they opposed the same-sex marriage bill. But it does not specify the number, which is why DOMA, which has now been repealed by essentially by this, this new bill and about to be a law, DOMA was very specific. One man, one woman. Not two women, one man, uh, one man or any other combinations. One and one. Throughout this process, Portman says... I also listened to the concerns raised by religious organizations, really, hmm. and worked with my colleagues, colleagues to strengthen the religious liberty protections in the bill while still preserving the rights of same-sex married couples. No, you didn't. A group of constitutional scholars who specialize in religious liberty have analyzed the bill and concluded that it does not pose new litigation risks to faith-based groups, end quote. What Portman is trying to dance around here, hoping that people are too stupid to look into the reality of the situation, is that he's trying to say that because religious institutions, churches, synagogues, mosques, or whatever, don't have to perform the actual same-sex ceremonies, that means religion and religious liberty have been protected. That's what he wants you to think. But again, he's counting on you being stupid. Because that is not all that needs to be covered when you talk about religious liberty. You have to talk about the individual separate and apart from the institution of a, you know, a church or a, or a synagogue or, or whatever. You have to talk about the individual's right because of their own faith or even without their faith, their own conscience that says, no, I can't do this, I don't believe in this. Which is exactly what free speech and freedom of religion give us. So he's trying to argue that this bill protects people's religious freedom, he's lying. And so is every other one of the other 11 turncoat Republicans who turn their back on their constituents and on the Constitution. And this has nothing to do with same-sex marriage. This is not commentary nor criticism of same-sex marriage, which I can have my opinion on if I want. This is not about that. Because what was done last night and what is being done when Biden signs this is the end of the First Amendment. And that's something that affects all of us. We'll be right back. Are you a successful loan officer in the mortgage business looking to grow your business in 2023? Are you looking for a dynamic and supportive work environment with the team I trust? Are you looking for a wonderful culture with people that share your values? Andrew Del Rey and Ted Avakian of andrewandtodd.com are looking for experienced loan officers to join their team. They're looking for people that value their clients and are solution-based problem solvers. Maybe you've worked in an environment that treats loan officers and their clients like a number, and you're ready for a real and meaningful change. They have offices in Southern California, but service clients nationwide. So whether you're in California or out of state, I invite you to talk to them about joining their team. Call them at 888-888-1172. That's 888-1172. Or click the Join Our Team button 
at andrewandtodd.com. Welcome to hour number two of the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in for Dennis on this Wednesday, the 30th and final day of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2022. I'm live in the ReliefFactor.com studios of Cleveland, Ohio, AM 1420, The Answer. Really appreciate you being with us. we got a lot to talk about um, in the next two hours. I'm going to pick up a little bit in a moment on uh, the attack on our First Amendment uh, that we've been discussing by way of this Respect for Marriage Bill. Also, however, by way of big tech, Apple computers, and what they're trying to do to Twitter. Now that Twitter has, you know, actually respected free speech under its new management, new leadership. But uh, a couple of quick things. Number one, you don't know who I am. If you are ever interested in listening to what I do, I want to remind you or let you know that we're at whkradio.com, and my program airs 9 until noon Eastern every day, right before Dennis Prager's show. So you can find me there. I also do a podcast. We're six episodes into a new podcast. Uh, it's called Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I would invite you to, to do that and give it a listen and uh, give us some feedback on that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at uh, France on Air, F-R-A-N-T-Z on Air. You can also just search for the nickname Always Right Radio. And you can also find me on Trump's Truth Social at uh, Always Right WHK, Always Right WHK. So I want to throw all of those out there because I love the opportunity to speak with a new audience, with a broad audience. My people in Cleveland are my... my um, my most loyal and uh, favorite people in the world, the people that I talk to every single day. I love to expand that. It's like, kind of like the Republican Party wants to expand the tent. <clears throat> and uh, that's what I want to do whenever I get a chance to talk to pe- people all over this great country. So those are ways you can find me online uh, and on the air. The last caller was a cop from Chicago, I believe he was, who said uh, there is a police vehicle that is decked out and adorned in inclusive rainbow colors. He said he'll never drive it because he doesn't believe in that, uh, you know, uh, that promotion. He said he's inclusive. People can be whatever they want to be. He's not going to tell anybody not to be. But he doesn't think it should be promoted. I have a very similar story. You know that little uh, kicky ball event that they have going on over there in some Muslim country or another? It's where they run around for like 90 minutes sometimes, 95 minutes other times. 99 minutes another time, 110 minutes. I don't know how they make it up, but they run around kicking a ball, never scoring points. Uh, Apparently there's a big one of those things going on right now. And the only thing I know about it is that two weeks ago, before they went into it, the U.S. kickyball team um, displayed and unveiled their team logo, uh, their crest, if you will. The crest that used to be made up of, you know, our national colors, red, white, and blue. But they changed their kicky ball team logo to the rainbow colors. Now, if I ever needed a reason to not be interested in kicky ball, uh, and by the way, according to the CDC, Coma awards all over the country are being overrun right now with people who slipped into them watching the kicky ball tournament. So I think the CDC should probably shut down that World Cup of kicky ball until we flatten the boredom curve. If anything would make me less interested in watching that little kicky ball tournament, it would be the fact that they have taken away our national identity, our red, white, and blue replaced by the rainbow. 
For what? For what reason? I mean, you you mess with my flag, you mess with me. You mess with my colors, you change them. I mean, the very bare minimum I'm going to do is not support you. So, you know, just just my story, I don't believe in promotion of somebody's personality or lifestyle or identity and have it replace our national identity in the process. I just don't. Does that mean you can't be who you want to be? No, of course not. Be who you want to be. But number one, don't try to force it on me. Number two, don't let it replace things that are important to me. And number three, which I'm going to go ahead and bump to the top of that priority list to number one, don't push it on kids. Don't push it on kids. We won't have a problem. There's a, there's a thing called Drag Queen Story Hour that you may or may not have heard of. It's grown in popularity quite a bit in the last year, two years, three years, several years. It's a thing in which grown men put on sexually revealing women's clothing, make themselves all up, and then they go and spend time with kids looking like that. Some people wonder why. Those people are normal people. A normal response to that that would be, why? If you want to make your living or just pass the time as a social recreational activity, putting on women's clothes, dancing on a stage, collecting tips in an adult establishment... Knock yourself out. I don't mind. You'll excuse me if I don't attend. I hope. But go do your thing. Adults are allowed to do this. It's a free country. It's what I love about it. But you go dressing like that and coming to a kid's gathering, or you invite a quote-unquote all-ages, family-friendly type of group activity at your establishment where you do those twerk dances you start handing kids dollar bills to give to you in exchange for your homoerotic dancing you start teaching the kids how to twerk their own rear ends so that maybe they could do this someday you start recruiting kids into your own fetishes now we got a problem Because now you're not just an entertainer or a performer or somebody passing the time because it makes you feel fun and good, which, again, I'm fine with. Now you cross the line into recruiting. Now you've crossed the line into coercion. Now you've crossed the line into grooming. And that's when we're going to have a problem. And I see people all the time, and I hear people, there's going to be one of these things coming up on Saturday in my state, in my state capital, Columbus. Yes, Columbus. They didn't erase the name Columbus off of the Capitol yet. They try to take it off of Columbus Day. But yes, Columbus, Ohio. They're having one of these at a church hosted by a school, an elementary school combining education and religion and men dressed as, as women in sexualized clothing reading to kids. And then they are saying that those of us who have a problem with that don't want kids to learn. What's wrong with them reading to kids, they ask. Isn't reading to kids a good thing? Aren't we promoting literature? 
I'm a retired English teacher. Not retired, beg your pardon, but I was a former English teacher. I taught English for six years before getting into the radio business. Of course I love literature. Of course I love reading to kids and having kids read to me. That's great. And guess what? Savannah, Darlene, and whatever the other weird, not that Darlene's a weird name, beg please excuse that. I can't remember any of the names of the ones that are going to do this this Saturday in Columbus, but they all have strange female names. Show up in a pair of khakis and a polo shirt and read to the kids for hours, and I got no problem. Have a great time. Show up dressed in sexually oriented attire to read to my kids or read to the kids and try to normalize your deviant lifestyle and behaviors and personalities and make them think that that's okay and that's a a really cool thing to aspire to. Now we got a problem because now we're grooming. I think it's important for people to know that. Now, how does this tie into the same-sex wedding topic? That should be evident. That should be obvious. But once again, if two adults want to call themselves married, I won't object. Free country, do your thing. You expect me to participate. Expect other people of faith or of conscience or if you try to drag kids into the equation and make them be a party to this, you try to force us to do things, say things we don't want to do or say, now we've got problems. Do your thing. Live freely. Don't expect other people to have to be party to it. And that goes all the way through to the trans movement that is dominating our culture right now. And not in a good way. But it goes all the way to the trans movement. You want to be Steve and wear a push-up bra with fake boobs and a lot of makeup and call yourself Stephanie? I don't care. Don't expect me to have to hire you. Don't expect me to have to celebrate your transition. Don't expect me to call you a different pronoun than what you are biologically. Do your thing, but leave other people out of it. Because you know what? inclusivity really means it means letting people do what they want to do and that means if they want nothing to do with you leave them alone right back your phone calls next on the dennis prager show all right uh, back to the phones we go and i welcome you at eight prager 776 eight prager 776 don't forget you can interact with me online too on twitter I'm at France on air, F-R-A-N-T-Z on air, or just search Always Right Radio. Always Right Radio is the nickname. I would love to talk to you. Let's go to uh, Glenn in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, Glenn, this is Bob in Bobville, Ohio, I guess. Uh, Glenn, go right ahead, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, uh, yesterday, uh, the uh, Biden administration, uh, Mr. Kirby, the uh, spokesperson, was asked about the uh, protests in china uh, they're using drones they're locking people up they're confiscating and uh we saw this they're welding people into their apartment buildings there you go yeah they're even those to say well there you go even worse so yeah uh, we saw that to a lesser degree two years ago with uh canada new zealand australia uh, they had no uh quarrels of locking people up and stuff and there's a sort of childish naive like thinking on our, per- our our side that when that happens in america that the police and the sheriffs 
are going to act unlike they've done in China, New Zealand, Canada, uh, Australia, a lot of Western nations. And where we have this sort of naive, I don't have it, but a lot of people on our side of the aisle politically believe that when those orders come here, that the police and the sheriffs are going to, they're going to push back and they're going to side with the citizenry, unlike police in every other country where the police usually side with the state. I just wanted to get your perspective. Do you believe that the police, when that day comes, will side with the citizenry? Or do you believe that they will do, like other countries, and be agents of the state? I wanted to get your perspective on this, sir. Well, obviously, uh, Glenn, um, you know, you, you can't speak uh, for, for you know, hundreds of thousands of police officers. I can't say, oh, they will all do one or the other. Uh, there will be individuals. Yeah, there, there will be individuals who decide to do things on their own. Um, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I believe that when police officers, and I know a lot of police officers, I've done a lot of work, I've spoken at a lot of police functions, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very heavily involved in supporting police in the state of Ohio, around the country. So maybe it's just my relationship with them. When they take the, uh, the oath of their own offices or their positions to protect and serve, um, I believe they mean it. And I believe they would do what they had to do to protect and serve the people of the communities in which they live and work. Um, does that mean some of them wouldn't say, hey, the captain said to do this, I've got to go do this? No, there will be some. But I have to think that the overwhelming majority of them would say, we're not going to lock our people up, literally under lock and key. We're not going to weld them into their buildings. We're not going to beat them if they disagree and protest. We're not going to do these things. I think the overwhelming number of them care about them. Because you know who they are? You know who police officers are? They're your neighbor, right? I got cops who are my neighbors. They're your neighbors. They're the guy in your fantasy football league. You know, it's the guy in your bowling league. You know, it's it's the guy whose uh, 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 wife is friends with your wife, and they go to the same, you know, the same events. I mean, they're, they're members of the community. And they don't want to have this any, you know, they don't want to lock their own families up any more than they would uh, somebody else's. So I have, I have a sense of optimism. Being 100% honest with you, I have a sense of optimism here that most police officers would do the right thing by, by, by what's right for people, not by what an order is given. Now, having said all of that, can I tell you this? If you're watching the Chinese protesters being beaten uh, savagely being arrested, uh, people being locked into their homes. You know, people are being locked into their apartment buildings, and if they're locked in and welded shut, the door is welded shut, this is happening right now. It was happening two years ago, and it's happening right now. There are people, if you don't have enough food up there for you and your family, you're starving because there's no getting out to go to a grocery store or to have something brought to you. You're done. There are people throwing themselves from second and third and fourth story windows and committing suicide. If you're watching that in the United States and it doesn't tell you that it's time to avail yourself of your Second Amendment rights, then there's something wrong with your thinking. If you can see that and you're not armed, if you watch that and you don't think, I need to protect my family, Normally, I have to protect my family against what? Criminals, right? The criminal element. Thieves, burglars, you know, those who would assault, those who would rape, etc., etc. And and you arm yourself for those kinds of things. But remember, the reason why the Second Amendment exists 
is for the people to protect themselves against all kinds of threats, whether they be criminal threats or the whole reason why we broke away and, and, and created our own list of laws and list of rules is when the government gets out of control. And if your family is starving because of a government edict, because they want to lock you up and there's nothing wrong with you, you're healthy, but they want to make sure you don't catch something and then spread it to somebody else, and you starve over that? And if the, if the authorities do indeed force your family to starve and you're forced to defend yourself and your life and that of your family, I'm not saying I want any type of showdown with any authority figures, but if you're not armed and you're not prepared to defend yourself against whatever threats may come, foreign and domestic, civilian and government, um, then like I said, I think there's something wrong with your thinking. Um, Ron is calling us from Countryside, Illinois. Hey, Ron, it's Bob in for Dennis. Go right ahead, sir. How you doing? I was Good, Ron. What's on your mind? The uh, police car in Chicago that had the rainbow flag, why shouldn't they be allowed to display a cross or a Star David on the car? <laughs> That's a very good question. How do you think that would go over in a place like Chicago? Not well, especially with this mayor. But, you know, I mean, they had all those cases about those uh, the Ten Commandments. You would think it would be easy to knock that down. Yeah, um, you, you would think so. But um, you know what? This is, this is wokeism. We're fighting something that is bigger and more powerful than religion. And in fact, I, maybe I should probably amend that statement a little bit. And thank you for the call, Ron. Um, wokeism is a religion to these nuts. And you cannot dare challenge them. If you take that down, you are committing an act of bigotry that is punishable by prison in their minds. So uh, it's a great point. It's a great point. We'll never get equal, uh, equal time on that issue. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager, right back. Anyone who wants to protect America should also want to protect Israel. Ambassador Robert O'Brien, former National Security Advisor in the Trump administration, explains exactly why. See the new video at PragerU.com where we teach what should be taught. 26 minutes before the top of the hour. And we continue on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in for Dennis live in Cleveland, Ohio, the ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer. So just I, I saw something on Twitter during the break. <clears throat> Follow me on Twitter if you would like. Uh, Always Right Radio. Just search for Always Right Radio. That is my uh, nickname. The handle is at France on Air, F-R-A-N-T-Z on Air. Three and a half years ago, I, I quit Twitter with about 40. 42,000 or so followers. I wasn't very active on it all the time, but I had a really good following and enjoyed it for the time that I spent on it. I quit it when I started seeing my um, tweets that would reach, you know, two or 300 responses, suddenly uh, reaching five or six people, same types of tweets. I knew the shadow bans were on, then I started getting suspended, then I started getting warned, and I was done. I left because I was tired of actually being uh, censored, because, you know, who wouldn't, right? Uh, now that Elon is running the show, and he has restored so many accounts, and he has allowed people to come back in and actually speak freely, but legally, by the way, and that part matters, um, I'm back on. But I've got like 5,500 people now, so I'm going to try to rebuild that uh, up to where it was and maybe even exceed that. Dennis, for comparison's sake, has 390,000 or something like that followers on there. But if you'd like to follow me there, 
do so. Find me at Always Right Radio or France on Air. Anyway, I was reading a, a tweet um, during the break, <clears throat> and I want to repeat uh, uh, repeat it and, and ask the very same question. Balenciaga, you know the uh, designer, the Balenciaga designer that has come under uh, some heavy uh, fire for uh, their their child exploitation, their promotion of pedophilia, their promotion of children as sex objects, holding teddy bears and stuffed animals in sex bondage outfits, laying them on couches in provocative positions in front of tables filled with wine glasses. I mean, straight up pedophilia type stuff. Balenciaga has issued a statement saying, um, there was never our intention to uh, abuse or exploit children. And I can't remember who I just saw on Twitter said, well, then what the hell was your intention? What was your intention? You are absolutely sexualizing children to, sadly, a nation with far too many pedophiles in it. And we know the pedophiles are out there because we see how many of them are trying to sexualize the children at preschool levels, at kindergarten levels, at primary school levels grooming them into sexual beings by talking to them about their sexual orientations and their sexual identifications. It is a massive movement rooted in pedophilia. And good people in all walks of life, parents at the forefront, need to push back against the teachers' unions and, and the, uh, the, um, the giant corporations like Balenciaga, and the entertainment industry that are trying to push these things, we have to go to war over this. And when I say war, I mean that figuratively, of course. We will do and should do anything we can to protect our kids, because literally, what do we have left if we don't have our children being raised safely, happily, with the values and the family values that, that we were raised with that literally helped us to become the greatest civilization in the history of the world? If we, don't, if we are willing to go to battle for that, what are we willing to do? And I just want to make one other quick note before I go back to the phones. Saying that I oppose child pornography, child sexualization, and pedophilia from the trans community that is recruiting them to join does not mean that I support shooting up gay clubs. I'm tired of being put on the defensive when something like that happens which, by the way, as it turns out, is a member of the LGBTQ community, the shooter, a non-binary person who uses they-them pronouns. But I'm tired of being told that because we stand up for children and against the grooming of kids, that we are somehow responsible for rhetoric that leads people to doing terrible things like that. No. No, I don't think I'll be quiet about defending kids just because some nut shot up a nightclub. I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to stand strong on that front. Uh, let's go to Charleston, South Carolina. This is Dwayne on the Dennis Prager Show. It's Bob sitting in. Dwayne, go ahead. Hey, Bob, I'll try to keep this brief. Um, I was listening to your segment about, you know, what's going on in China. And, you know, I, I also like you. you hey, know, Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne, hold that thought, yeah. brother. I just got the 30-second cue in my ear, which means you don't have much time to talk, and I feel bad about that. Let me put you on hold, and I'll come back to you and make you the first call on the other side of this short time out. All right, my friend? Uh, if you're on hold and uh, I'm not coming to you yet, I will. I promise. Stay there. If you're not on hold, you should get there. 8 Prager 776. We'll be back. Final hour of the Dennis Prager Show underway now. Appreciate you being with us. 
Five minutes now, six minutes past the top of that hour. Bob France live in Cleveland, Ohio, the ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer, in for Dennis. And uh, so I've been talking to you about free speech all day. I've been talking to you about the First Amendment all day. And I, uh, I feel like I have a little bit of authority on the subject because of my association with a very important group that I invite you to be associated with as well. It's called Citizens for Free Speech. And we have been watching and charting and battling and fighting back against the attack on the First Amendment. Uh, this organization has now for four years. It was founded in 2018. I'm the National Communications Director for the group, which you can find at citizensforfreespeech.org. Now, I talked at length about religious liberty. I talked at length about the first or about the freedom of speech, you know, two of the five protections covered in the First Amendment, and how important it is to recognize that they are separate. They are not stacked. One is not dependent upon the other. You cannot have just free speech if it is a matter of your faith. You can have it simply because you don't want to say something or you want to be able to say something as a matter of conscience. All of this is in the wheelhouse of our guest that I want to bring into the program now, the guy who founded Citizens for Free Speech back in 2018 and now serves as its executive director, Patrick Wood. Patrick, good to talk to you as always. Uh, how are you this afternoon? Okay, I'm not hearing Patrick. Can you hear me, Patrick? I can hear you just fine. Okay, now I hear you too. Thanks very much for joining us. So, Patrick, you're in Arizona too. I just had uh, I just had a friend, uh, Michael Goldstein, call me uh, uh, on the air and telling us about the election fiasco that's going on uh, in the state of Arizona. Anything to add to that before we dive into free speech and the Respect for Marriage Act? Well, this, in my opinion, I live here, I'm involved, I know Mike uh, actually pretty well out here. He came from your area in Ohio to come here to Arizona, not knowing that he would jump from the frying pan into the fire. Um, (laughs) But what happened in Arizona with the election here, and especially in Maricopa County, is probably one of the most egregious violations of the First Amendment that I have ever seen. And that is the denial of your right to cast your vote for a public uh, for public office. This not only violates free speech, but it also violates um, the, the whole concept of being able to redress the government or uh, you know, request redress of grievances from the government. The government here simply has not listened to the people and has not listened to the evidence. It just went ahead and railroaded through this shab- shabby, shoddy election process and election outcome without any Uh, without any concern for the eyewitness testimony of disenfranchisement that that were reported to the county officials. It's just absolutely amazing. Over-the-top amazing. Well, I knew you'd you'd have a a thought on it. I I didn't think about it from a First Amendment perspective, but you're spot on. You're exactly right. People have been disenfranchised. People literally, the machines were not working where they were. We have no idea how many people waited in line for them to get online and then left how many people heard on the news that these machines weren't working at this particular precinct so they didn't bother to come? That is straight-up disenfranchisement and denying people of, of the right to participate in the democratic process of choosing their representation. And in this case, uh, you know, some very important races for the Senate, for the gubernatorial race, yeah. and so forth. So, yeah, you're spot on. Um so, Patrick, let's. Uh, you and I have been talking at, in some depth on our podcast, by the way. Uh, Patrick and I host a podcast together as well. It's called Stand and Deliver. It's available wherever you uh, uh, get your podcasts. And um, 
New episodes drop every Friday, by the way, and we talk and have talked about our advocacy organization as a part of Citizens for Free Speech, and we have been advocating and providing an opportunity for people to reach out to their senators uh, and their uh, House members to stop the defense, or excuse me, not defense, the Respect for Marriage Act because of the threat that it posed for the First Amendment. Well, our efforts went in vain this time because uh, they passed it out of the Senate yesterday, including 12 Republicans joining all the Democrats. It's going to be passed out of the House, and Joe Biden's going to uh, sign it into law. And, Patrick, it is going to have a deleterious impact on our First Amendment rights on a couple of different fronts. I've been talking about them all day. I want you to tell me how you see them. Well, exactly. And, you know, what's interesting is that all amendments to this egregious bill were shut down by the, yeah. uh, the Democrat leaders of the Senate. There were several uh, amendments that were attempted to get attached to it. They shut them all down. The bill passed as it was originally uh, put in. And uh, so now it stands, and 12 uh, Republicans crossed over the party and voted for the bill as well, which is just amazing to me. Uh, Some of them weren't, but some of them were. But here's the thing. I'll give you a practical example. Let's say you're having dinner out with some friends, uh, maybe some friends from church even. You're having dinner. You're sitting in a restaurant in a booth or whatever, and there's some people sitting next to you that are kind of eavesdropping on your conversation. And you bring up some um, some talk about uh, your belief in marriage between man and woman. Maybe you're even going to be talking about uh, the marriage, uh, the Respect for Marriage Act, and you disagree with it. And you're saying, well, I believe that marriage is uh, really between a man and a woman, period, in the subject. And somebody at the next table who hears you say that, maybe a member of the LGBTQ ad infinitum uh, a member somewhere, and they hear you say that, take your picture, find out who you are, and sue you for what you have just said in public. Even though it was kind of in a private booth, they could hear you, and they heard you. You could be sued now, thanks to this Respect for Marriage Act, for stating your opinion in public, the only caveat, of course, is, well, if you're, if you're employed by a church or a religious organization or faith-based organization, you're exempt. Everybody else is not exempt. So if you're sitting out there in public and you say something and somebody hears you, you're now unprotected against lawsuits. Mm-hmm. This is just and even shut down free speech. It certainly is. And, and even more egregiously again is you know the the impact this will have on the george phillips of the world no jack phillips beg your pardon the jack phillips of the world you know the master masterpiece cake shop cake shop baker you know the photographers the the djs the florist floral arrangers and so on and so forth all of these things are hired and contracted out for weddings and as you know um, you know, there is a right, and George, uh, Jack Phillips won at the Supreme Court. There is a right to say, look, my faith prohibits me from participating in something I don't believe in like this. I believe marriage to be a man and one man and one woman, and I can't do this. That's gone now, Patrick. That is gone. Nobody can say that on the basis of their faith. And the protections that needed to be added to this bill would also mean you can't force somebody to do something even if it has nothing to do with their faith. It's just free speech. You can't make me produce a website for your gay wedding if I don't want to. You can't make me produce the floral arrangement or do do the music at your gay wedding if I don't want to, just simply because it's a matter of conscience for me. That's what free speech is, the freedom to not only say things, but to not be forced to say other things. All of that is gone now, Patrick, the minute Biden puts his name on that line. 
That's right. And, of course, I know some states are probably going to uh, have something to say about this uh, with their own, within their own legislatures and stuff that might mute it somewhat for, their, for a state. But across the country now, you know, it's, it's, it opens up a door that has not been opened before for lawsuits to be filed against just normal citizens, milly-willy. The question we need to ask is, and, and I think this was intentional on the part of the original bill designers, would the LGBTQ community be looking for opportunities to sue people and to make their case? Well, of course they would. That's of course what they are. they've done in the past with all these people we've been talking about. They're just itching to file lawsuits, and the minute the door is open for this, you are going to see a, a plethora of lawsuits like we have never seen before coming out of the LGBT community to go after citizens and, and uh, businesses. They're going to go test them. You just watch. They will go test business. Well, you know, yeah, you you know as well as I do because it's not about it's not about just you know inclusivity or fairness or equal protection. It's you have to not just allow me to be me. You have to celebrate me. If you don't celebrate me upon command and do when I tell you that I want to hire you to do something, if you don't do it, you, you're right, uh, Patrick. They're going to sue. And they're and and it's not about money. It's about principle. It is about forced compliance. And that's, and that's yeah. uh, of course, the most dangerous thing of all when we talk about our First Amendment. It absolutely is. And there will be cases of entrapment where, um, where people from the LGBTQ community will go out and entrap businesses by, you know, asking them to do some certain thing, knowing sure. what their position is. They will entrap them and say, okay, you said it. Now we're going to sue you into oblivion. And this is, this is going to be, this is going to wreck the lives of hundreds, if not thousands, of businesses across America in short order. They're just waiting yeah. for the opportunity to drop the lawsuits. And if this was about gay marriage, um, it could have been done. Like you said, they, they could have adopted the amendments that simply protected religious liberty and free speech uh, and not made other yeah. people participate, and they could have kept the same protections. This wasn't about same-sex marriage at all. This is about forced compliance of the people. Patrick Wood is our guest. I'm Bob France sitting in for Dennis. Patrick, I want you to stick with me through this time out because then we're going to come back and talk about a new book and a new look at a very important issue. That's coming up. 21 minutes after the hour now, Bob France sitting in for Dennis and um, joined again by Patrick Wood. I've got one more segment with Patrick. Patrick is a leading and critical expert on sustainable development and green and uh, green economy and the 2030 agenda, as well as historic technocracy. He has written books on technocracy, technocracy, the hard road to new uh, to uh, world order, technocracy rising, the Trojan horse of the global transformation. He's also the co-author of Trilaterals over Washington. His latest book is an important one, and that's what I want to talk to him about now. The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. Uh, literally just out, available right now on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. And Patrick, I wanted to kind of... Um, uh, tap into this just a little bit. You and I have talked about technocracy with some uh, some depth and some clarity and transhumanism at separate times. Tell me why they are being referred to in this uh, in this book uh, that you've put together as the evil twins. How do they play off of one another? Primarily, thanks to the statements that have been made by the World Economic Forum, and that's Klaus Schwab's organization that uh, seems to want to run the world, they say on one hand they want a great reset of the economic system of the world. Uh, that would look like technocracy. 
And at the same time, they say that they want to change humanity itself. In other words, to create humans 2.0, as they call it. This is straight off their website, straight off of statements that they've made in public. And so what, what I've discovered is that technocracy and transhumanism have all of a sudden become strange, well, not so strange bedfellows, but they've, they've bonded together in an evil consortium, in my opinion, to take over the entire structure of the world. And I, I put it this way, the, that um, the technocracy will change the structure and economic system of the planet, while transhumanism will change the people who are going to live in that new system. And this seems to be the exact sentiment that the World Economic Forum is working on right now. And this implies, of course, uh, unfortunately, the genetic takeover uh, of material, virtually all DNA on planet Earth, including human DNA. These people are so unplugged that the only thing you can call them is the evil twins. That's really what they are. Um, I want to talk more about the World Economic Forum, but also the other global organizations that are kind of uh, involved in this, whether it be the IMF or whether it be the United Nations and so forth. Um, but just for the uninitiated, those who haven't read any of her books and aren't familiar, you give us working definitions for both transhumanism and technocracy. Yes, uh, technocracy is a, an, an alternative economic system, a resource-based economic system, that was designed to replace capitalism and free market economics. It does away with all private property. Uh, it has all the resources of society managed by a small group of technocrats that are not elected, not accountable to anybody. That's technocracy. Transhumanism is literally changing the human condition into something that it currently is not. The transhuman meme seeks immortality in the end. They want to become immortal, they want to plug into the internet, become omniscient. Those are godlike qualities, by the way, if that escapes you right now. And, um, you know, this is a, a very dangerous combination of transformation. Nobody asked humans if they wanted to be graduated from humanity 1.0 to humanity 2.0, but it's going to take genetic modification to do it. And people are very bold in proclaiming their desire to do just that, with or without your consent or with or without your knowledge. They want to change the genetic structure of humanity to make them into humans 2.0. And it, it's just, it's, it, you couldn't get this out of a science fiction book hardly, but it's not science fiction. It's real. So what are we talking about when you say change the genetic code, when you talk about changing humanity? Are we talking cyborg? Are we talking about the infusion of technological advances that we hadn't ever even thought of before with the human mind, with the human body? Well, that's part of it. And, and uh, Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum talks about the merging of technology of, of uh, you know, like robotics and stuff like that with the human condition. Um, but at the same time, they also talk about direct genetic modification of your own body to, uh, to cause it to do certain things or, you know, behave in certain ways that it never did before. A good example is the messenger RNA um, shots that have been promoted or, around the world um, mm -hmm. to fight the COVID-19. COVID and not only has it not fought COVID-19, but it's radically changed the immune system of people who have taken the shots. Now, this is a direct hacking of the human body. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. Ultimately, right now, it's very serious. There's lots of harm being caused by this. But um, in time, with enough shots and enough uh, experimentation by the people who are creating these, these messenger RNA, in some cases direct DNA injection, 
um, they will be able to change the functions of our body to do things that it was never intended to do before. Uh, in the case of the so, messenger RNA vaccine, it's to uh, create a spike protein in your body that uh, really does not need to be created at all. Your body can do just fine with its own innate immune system. Yeah, very well true. We're finding that out right now, especially now that they've admitted that uh, there are more unvaccinated, I'm sorry, there are more vaccinated deaths uh, from COVID-19 than unvaccinated deaths in the United States. That's extraordinarily important. People who took the shot, there are more of them dying now than there are of the unvaccinated. So you're right about the immune system being able to handle on, on its own. Real quick, though, Patrick, in a, in a brief uh, uh, response here, if you can, um, why would Klaus Schwab or anybody else in these global, you know, global elite organizations who preach sustainable development, who preach renewable energies, who preach, uh, you know, that we just don't have enough resources to continue to use them at the rate we are, why would they push for immortality for mankind? Um, how, how could we possibly sustain mankind if we're immortal and we just continue to have more babies and we add more and don't uh, die off any? That's a good question that everybody should be asking right now. I see there's a disconnect here. If, if, uh, if they want to become immortal... The question is, will that technology ever trickle down to you and I? I seriously doubt it. Oh, uh, so it's only for them. Desire. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. The rest of us are going to be the worker bees and the useless eaters, as Henry Kissinger once said. Um, and, you know, we see this, this population reduction uh, mantra going around still, even though the demographics are pointed almost straight down right now. Um, population reduction now is obvious to most people who look at it. Stuff that's happening around the world, the, the birth rate is going down, the, the, the male fertility has gone down, what, 62% in the last 40 years? That's, that's huge. Um, so, you know, we see the population is being reduced around the world. Those who desire to sit at the top of it view themselves as the, the ones who will have enough money, actually, to become transhumanists and become something that they are not currently. Wow. That is a well. Now I see why you you entitled the book uh, "The Evil Twins," because uh, that is evil. You're exactly it is exactly that. If that technology exists and it is only used for the elites themselves, while the rest of us remain, as you say, they're serfs and they're worker bees. Um, that is the definition. The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism by Patrick M. Wood. Get that now. It has literally just become available. And make sure you join us in our fight to protect the First Amendment against things like the Respect for Marriage Act and other uh, legislation coming down the line by joining Citizens for Free Speech. Um, Patrick, thanks so much. Dot com. Hey, you want to hear something funny? Biden was uh, today at, uh, I don't know, some tribal nations summit of sorts, assuming he was accompanied by Elizabeth Warren, but I can't swear to that. But I, I, I've got an eight-second second sound bite here that was, uh, I just, just stumbled across. Joe Biden actually said this at the tribal summit. Well, I tell you what, no one's ever done as much as president as this administration is doing, period. That's it. And I thought that it was interesting because notable by its absence was the word good. No one has ever done as much good as this administration is doing. Uh, You can do a lot of things. And if they're bad, it's not something you hang your hat on, period. Um, Dementia Joe? Because you're right. No one else has 
taking troops out of a foreign country in a war zone and taking the troops out first and then left the civilians to fend for themselves. Nobody's ever done that before, period. No one has ever taken the troops out and then abandoned $85 billion worth of munitions and transport equipment, military transport equipment, to the enemy like the Taliban either, period. You're right about that. No one has ever done as much to allow more fentanyl and human traffickers, drug cartels, and gang members to cross our southern border to come in to flood our nation with crime. No one else has ever done as much of that either, period. And you know what else, what else Joe? No one else has ever hired 87,000 new IRS agents to stalk political enemies from one end of the country to the other, period. You know what else? No one else has ever watched the violent crime rate in blue lead cities all over this country without doing anything to address it by supporting police and demanding stricter and tougher sentencing laws, period. I mean, you're right when you say nobody has done as much as this administration is doing, but what you're doing sucks, Brandon. There's a reason why your approval rating is what it is and was what it was before the midterms. There's a reason, because what you're doing is straight up awful for everybody. Nobody else has ever cut off the flow of energy and turned an energy-independent nation into one that has to have the socialist tyrant Maduro in Venezuela drill for more oil and produce more oil because you're afraid to do it here because of what the gangrene might do to you. Gangrene, of course, being your favorite pals uh, in the climate alarmist uh, industry. So, you know, you're kind of right. Nobody else is doing what you're doing, but that's probably because they're a little bit smarter than you are. No, not a little bit, a lot, a lot. That's why they're not doing it. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, I want to talk to Vincent in Atlanta, Georgia. All right, here's the first question I've got for Vincent. Vincent, have you voted early for Herschel yet? No, but I'm going to go do that tomorrow. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta we gotta meet them where they are. You know, we gotta vote early. We gotta do everything we can to not just take IOUs. That okay, I'll be there on election day. I promise. And then we get hassles and problems, and people yeah, can't show like up on election Arizona, day. So get yes, out there yes, and do it early. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Hey, uh, look, man. Uh, Ohio's lucky to have you, man. Uh, and while this comes down to a bottom line on our side of lack of courage from our uh, government officials, uh, courts, uh, and basically. Just being able to say no to Drag Queen Story Hour. No, we're not changing the names of our schools or, or our, uh, we're not doing this. Uh, no to fraud elections. And when our Supreme Court in uh, 2015 changed the uh, allow for same sex marriage, they opened the door for, for, for all of this. Okay, friends, you know what season it is. The moment Thanksgiving got here, it was Christmas season. That's our thing. We put our tree up on Christmas, or Thanksgiving morning. We've done it ever since the kids were, were born. Uh, so it's Christmas season. And as it is Christmas season, I want you to think about thousands of boys and girls all over America who are going to wake up without a mom or maybe even a dad, or maybe both, because their parent or parents are in prison. And that's no fault of their own. These kids don't deserve to have to live like that. But thanks to men and women just like you, they have, could have a special gift, a personal message from their incarcerated parent, plus a Bible that may change their lives. How? Just go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. 
Act quickly, please, because now it's only 26 days until Christmas. Your act of kindness today will bless the kids who, through no fault of their own, are going to be missing that parent on this Christmas. And it will also help incarcerated parents like this Los Angeles mother stay connected with the children they still love. Angel Tree is a blessing. Since my incarceration, Angel Tree is the reason why I've been able to give my son gifts. Angel Tree sponsors it. I'm able to put my name on it and write a special note. If you're unable to make it to like a, a place like this, they'll still mail it to you. Or you can go to a church that's in your neighborhood. So my mom, she usually goes to this church down the street and picks up the gifts. So it's, it's been amazing. Angel Tree is the best. Yeah, I tell you, these kids deserve better. They just do. They deserve a chance, and sometimes that Bible is what it takes. Go to DennisPrager.com. Click on the Angel Tree banner to donate. $125 will bless five of these children. Or you can sponsor one or more kids with a one-time contribution of just $25 each kid. But the delivery deadline is fast approaching, so please do it now. A phone-in gift to 888-206-2801. That's 888-206-2801, or just go to the webpage, DennisPrager.com. Click on the Angel Tree banner with only 26 days until Christmas. Please don't wait. Do that today. So uh, I guess we figured out what the gremlin was. It wasn't allowing you to hear the uh, the clip. So uh, if you care uh, and you want to hear it in his own gravelly dementia voice. Well, I'll tell you what. No one's ever done as much as president as this administration is doing, period. <laughs> sure about that okay uh let's go to uh, back to the phones that's where we're going to go and it's going to be as i refresh my screen here this is uh douglas calling us from lakewood kansas douglas thanks for joining us you're on the dennis prager show bob france sitting in go ahead yeah this new law with this abnormal marriages that are doing uh i don't know why they think they need to add the enforcement to uh, try to get it so the whole religious church world has to pay taxes. They're they're trying to say that if they find out we're against these abnormal marriages, then uh, they can take away our 501c3 status uh, for doing that. The IRS can come in and punish us now. Well, you're right. I, I think that uh, everybody in this country needs to let them know, no matter if you're Democrat or Republican, when you're messing with our Constitution, it's time for you to resign. Well, I, I completely concur, but the problem is, my friend, the time to let them know that has come and passed. The time to let them know is before they voted. And I, you know, I, on my local level, the thing I was doing for Ohio uh, residents and citizens and my listeners in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, you know, I was giving them Rob Portman's phone number. I was appealing to Portman and telling my listeners and Ohioans, you know, and they, I could read you the list if you want, the list of uh, the 12 Republican senators who to blame, who are to blame for this. Um, but in my state, like I said, it was Portman. And what I did is I said, we need to hit Portman where we might have an impact because we're not going to change his mind on gay marriage. But then again, this wasn't about gay marriage. Gay marriage has already been settled. Same-sex marriage was settled by the Obergefell decision by the Supreme Court in 2015. This isn't about that. This is about forced compliance and making people celebrate gay marriages, making them participate in gay marriages, making them uh, uh, um, actually perform gay marriages. And that's the the, the bottom line here is that this is about forced compliance, not about... um, uh, 
the actual act of gay marriage, which is not in jeopardy. It's been protected. So the time to talk to our, our, um, our legislators is gone. We're, we're, we're stuck with this now. Now it's a matter of talking to lawyers. Now it's a matter of challenging this in court on a constitutional basis. And I feel like there is a re, uh, there is recourse there. I really do. Um, the recourse is, is in the First Amendment. As I said to a previous caller and as I kind of riffed on by, by memory earlier, the second part of the freedom of religion uh, protection in the First Amendment is, is in play. The, the First Amendment reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So if I'm a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or anything, and I, my faith says, according to my holy tenets, that marriage is between one man and one woman, I cannot be compelled to support or participate in a same-sex wedding. Because if they force me to do that and allow me to get sued for that or punished in any way, they have indeed prohibited the free exercise of religion by law. Because this isn't an order. This isn't a Supreme Court decision. This is Congress making a law. And that's the definition. Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. So I think there will be court challenges here. And I think this may go, you know, this is going to this is going to be a while. So I'm not giving up yet, but for now, I can tell you that Rob Portman and the other 11 Republican turncoats literally put the constitution through a shredder. Uh let me squeeze one in here from how about Brent in Los Angeles. Brent, you're on the Dennis Prager show. Go right ahead. A pleasure speaking with you again, Bob. Yeah, I wanted to denounce the treasonous Republican respect for what I'm calling the Marxist Murder of Marriage Act, which Mitt Romney and 11 other godless Republicans demonically have chosen to rape America with. And gay marriage Marxists have no more sanctity, righteousness, or truthfulness than social justice sociopaths who are screeching, screaming, and spitting their wicked woke justice or the satanically castrating of lost and abused children, tricking and transitioning them into a life of misery and sadness and suicide. You really you really nailed it on that last part there. My biggest problem is when they are tricking and, and, and coercing and grooming children into a lifestyle uh, that they believe in, but that is not necessarily the norm. Yes, indeed. And that pain-free studio is in Cleveland, Ohio today. Bob France sitting in one more segment. Boy, three hours goes fast. <clears throat> three hours really do when you have a, a, an audience like Dennis Prager's. That's why I'm always honored to be here. Thank you so much to those who participated. Thanks to the crew uh, working very, very hard for us as well. Uh, let's get a couple more phone calls in before we're done. Sandusky, Ohio. That is not far from me at all. That's where Mark is hanging out on uh, the Dennis Prager Show. Mark, can you hear me? Sure, can. Thank you. Oh, uh, go right ahead, sir. I really, I, I really have no hope at all for this country because, as a Republican, I can't imagine voting for the Republicans again because <laughs> they are ruining the country. The twelve Republicans basically ruined the country. They've gotten so far left. They're more left than any Democrat was 15, 20 years ago. And why would I vote for somebody who's just going to be like the Democrats are in about 10 years? 
second question I want to ask you is... In other words, you feel homeless. You feel homeless like I do. I, feel, I get what you're saying. I, feel, I do. I've never felt this down about America in my entire life. I've always been a very proud American and very thankful, and I still am very thankful, but I'm yeah. not proud because it's, it's embarrassing. But um, I want to know, I mean, I know this is like a worldwide problem, but the moral degradation and the moral decline, let's just say, forget about the left, that's been going on forever. The moral decline of, let's just say, conservatives or social conservatives, what percentage of that is due to the fact that things like gay porn are at everyone's fingertips and it loses their sensitivity to it and therefore they feel like a hypocrite if they oppose it since they probably enjoy well, watching it. Well, I, I couldn't put a number on it, but, but I'll say this, Mark, um, and especially since you brought up gay porn. The fact that it is not just on the Internet at a moment's notice, anybody wants to click it can, and you just click, I'm 18, do they even ask you? Do they even, you have to prove your age? I don't no. even know. But, uh, but, no. but the fact that it's not just there, Mark, it's in schools. It's on library shelves under rainbow flags in the Inclusivity Center. And you go there and you pick up one of these books and you open it up, and there are literal diagrams and cartoon pictures of of kids doing things to one another that i cannot describe on a on a family radio program it's pornography descriptive and illustrated and so so you talk about the depravity and you talk about you know you you want to blame conservatives i don't i won't blame i may blame cons, uh, republicans the way you said because you kind of pointed out you know we're homeless we certainly can't side with the democrats but we can't side with rhino republicans either where's our home uh, there are conservatives who are trying to st to stop that. Maybe it becomes a third party issue. I don't know, but um, but that's where your hope will lie is in true conservatives, not conservatives in name only. That's all the time I have. Thanks for letting me be be a part of uh, your uh, your Wednesday, Bob France in Cleveland, Ohio. Look me up on Twitter if you'd like. I'm at France on Air, F R A N T Z on Air, France on Air on Twitter. I'll see you next time on the Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.